Hello and welcome to episode 47. Uh, I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And I'm Kate. Yeah, we've got a Kate. Yes, indeed. <laughs> a rare Kate. Finally, finally, we've got somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to Sabre. It's a, a huge relief to both me and Gav. So, uh, Kate Aiken, welcome to The Fencing Podcast as our new co-host. Thank you for having me. Please, please tell tell the world about yourself so they know I, who you are. I am a Sabre fencer. Um, I fence for Scotland and Great Britain. A senior team and fencing for a while now that I've realised. I've just been together about it. Yeah, I've just pointed out that uh, Kate is dri- we're recording in Sean's house and Kate's driven here and wasn't in fact dropped off by her parents. And this is a, <laughs> a shocking state of affairs. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a dangerous, dangerous amount of uh, being grown up and responsible and, and hopefully knowledgeable and informative as well, because that would make a pleasant change for me and get talking about Sabre. <laughs> So, um, how's your season going, Kate? It's good, actually. I've just been selected for the senior Euros, which are good stuff. next week. I have mm-hmm. booked my flights, I remembered. Yeah, it's looking good. Been good all right. Stuff. It's been up and down. I had senior Commonwealth was a bit of a iffy one. Mm-hmm. It was a bit meh. So then had to work on that for the okay. internationals, but it's been good. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. So, now you fenced at Europeans last year as well, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, so looking for a result there to get a trip to the Worlds, presumably. Hopefully, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be nice, yeah. Sadly, Gavin and I will not be going to the Europeans, so... No. All the insider gossip from that will have to come from you. I'm on it. You could be our uh, our little spy. (laughs) Wire me up. Exactly. (laughs) That's what we'll do. You're getting really good dirt. Um, Tell us first and see if we can Mm -hmm. extract a few few bribes out of people before we... uh, Recording, put yep. it on here. Yep. So, is there anything you want to say about uh, your your fencing career before we start? Do you tell anybody anything else about? Oh, what's your know. best moment? Throw that one at you. Hmm. Best moment. Probably gold at the twenty fourteen senior commonwealth and the team event was pretty good. Cool. Gold. Shiny things always fun. I yeah. Like mm-hmm. Team stuff's always good fun, and in front of a home crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Good place to do it. We won't. We won't go for the the worst moment because that's usually an embarrassing story. What's your worst moment, Uh I kicked a pair of tracky bottoms in a in a moment of frustration, and I didn't realise that all my change was in the pocket, and it, it it shot across the hall, change flying out of the pockets, and hit somebody in the back of the head. Ooh, probably my worst moment. Mm. Excellent. That's quite good. That's not the one that everyone always reminds me about, but that's probably my. My that's worst moment. That's one that's fresh in my mind. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, moving swiftly on, then, shall we do our, our usual thanks to uh, various lovely people that give us money and help mm-hmm. us to keep the, the good ship fencing podcast um, on the open seas? Yep. Uh, thanks to Liam Paul, our lovely sponsors. We love them. We do, very much. Good to see their names splattered all over the, the place at the Stade Pierre de Coubertin when we were over there. The well, the, well, sadly, the we didn't speak to Team France. I mean, Team France, Liam Paul, because we just get a moment. No, well, we were we were busy working. Gav. Work, we were working. That's that's exactly <laughs> what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you also to our our lovely, equally lovely Patreon supporters. Yep. Well, I think we're going to go for equally lovely now because we've had a bit of debate about this in the past okay. about whether they're as lovely, more, more lovely, or less lovely. Equally lovely. I think equally lovely is uh, the best way to describe mm-hmm. them. So uh, don't be shy, folks. Please feel free to follow the link in the show notes and uh, come and hand over a tiny little bit of money every month just to help us do what we do. That would be it's a, very much appreciated. I mean, it's a choice of, what, lukewarm coffee mm-hmm. or giving us money. I think I know which I'm going to do. Yeah. You would even get a lukewarm coffee for... Well, exactly. We're that cheap. The smallest that cheap. donation that you could make. Exactly. 
And just to, just so you know, Kate, your berth on the ship is fine. Okay, but we do need some people to chip in so we can actually put a bed in there. Yeah. Just saying. I'll, just, I'll bring in the Sabre fans. Yeah, excellent. Think, that's what we maybe. like to hear. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a silent audience, but that's hardly ever the case with Sabre, really, is it? Well, they certainly make themselves known. Not noted for their silence. They're not noted for their silence or their sense. Right, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Should we just get on with things? Very welcome, Gap. Well done. Mm. Uh, yes. Um, let's. So, to follow up our last uh, live ish podcast from Paris, mm-hmm. um, very quick chat about day two with the team events with the men's epic teams there, mm-hmm. which we did uh, loads of commentary on, on France yep. because it's run by the French Federation. Mm-hmm. So, we knew that was going to be the case. Unfortunately, they had a pretty good day making it all the way they to did. the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pretty good, exciting matches along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good to see uh, some fencers, which maybe we don't see as often, and the individual active, and yes, particularly the young Mister Cannon. Cannon, as yes. his name is correctly pronounced, which I, it's not how I pronounce it for most of the day. Uh, or me, following you, Sean. Following me, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but I did hear the uh, French announcer pronounce his name uh, with a with a silent e, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I finally, belatedly, got his name right for the. We should have asked Kate. She'd have done. She'd have done. Or indeed, almost any French person that was in the hall. There was only a few of them. That. <laughs> it was only about four or five thousand of them. That's fine. But yes, but in the end, they, they lost to Switzerland in the final. Indeed. And Switzerland were properly impressive. Yeah, so Switzerland had a total lock on, on fencing that particular day. They were a really tough nut to crack. I think. Yeah, a variety of ways of doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a high scoring final against Switzerland, but in a uh, how should we describe it? A low-scoring thriller against uh, Italy in the semi-final. Yep. You know, they, they eked out a lead, held on to it, and controlled the match mm-hmm. from relatively early on in things. And we we only really caught, kind of caught up with the mm-hmm. end. I went back and watched it afterwards, and mm-hmm. they were pretty commanding, really. Yeah, I mean, so for the benefit of Katie, probably didn't watch it. Um, it was a, a masterclass in uh, uh, epi by the numbers. All right, literally a spreadsheet masterclass. What we're going to do? We're going to make. We're going to hit some on our spreadsheet. We're going to keep bashing some until we win, and that's what happened. They did, yeah. So the final was pretty good. Probably more exciting actually was the third, fourth place playoff uh, between Spain, who had a big day. Oh, that was great. Yeah, they put out Russia in the last thirty-two or the last sixteen. Surprise! Yeah, it was a sight. No, it was the thirty-two. It was the first first match of the day. Yeah, so they put them out and then. I just basically went through everybody else all the way through. They, yeah, were, they were on fire. Lost to France in the semi-final, mm-hmm. and then um, Italy looked like they were boring their way to a win. Yep. Uh, until Julian Pereira went absolutely bonkers in the last leg, mm-hmm. totally hyped the crowd up, made a lot of noise, thoroughly annoyed the Italians. Mm-hmm. Um, Garozzo on the, on the last leg for the Italians, he he wasn't happy at all. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Mister Pereira um, making a lot of noise and uh, generally stirring things up, but uh, Italy. Italy edged it again mm. for third place. And, and Kate, Mr. Pereira, Eulon Pereira is a sort of tall, he looks a bit like Ronaldo, I think. That's that a fair I, one. I see what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And he likes to get his hair cut special for every tournament. Special. That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no comment from me. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Pereira does like his antics. It's, uh, he was quite entertaining. Yeah, he, was, he was entertaining. Yeah. So, Swiss win, France mm. in second place. Still, still a bit of a, an issue with Yannick's fencing. Not quite. Yeah, he wasn't great. No, he wasn't great in the team event. Has to be really, said. really patchy, uh, I think, and properly up and down in the individual. I think, as we mm-hmm. as we said, yep. Um, so yeah, still not quite firing mm-hmm. all cylinders for his wrist surgery in the in the summer. Yep. But, um, 
still a decent day. It was yeah. good. I enjoyed it. Although we did all the talking on the on the team day, which yes, it's which a long the, day. it's a long day talking. if you're all you're doing talking all day. Yep. And even even after, even though I love my epi, after a couple of hours, there's not very much else to see other than that was a nice counter attack. <laughs> Say it with enough enthusiasm and vigor, and increasing enthusiasm oh, oh, sorry. and vigor. That was a nice. That was a nice counter attack. Yeah, and then the one in the final. Oh, that's a nice counter attack. Well, yeah, exactly. Or, wow, what a great counter attack. Or if it's or if it's Italy. Yeah, that's not good. That was okay. Yeah. So anyway, enough of Paris. It was yeah. good fun. It was good Glad fun. We went. Glad we went. Thanks mm. again to the French Federation for uh, inviting us along to mm. to talk fencing. It was good. Next up. So yeah, next up. Uh, while we were in Paris. All the four worlds was in Shanghai for the last of the, the foil action for the, the season. And I suppose I can kind of say that all we're covering here is all the stuff at the very end of the season, all the end of the regular season anyway, yes. before we get to the zonal championships and the worlds. So Grand Prix in Shanghai for the foilists, early departures then. A few in the last 64, um, Kasara Chung and Yavador, all in the 64. Uh, out in the 32, uh, Imboden, Cruz, Garozzo, Avila and Masiala. So that was kind of where the real cull of the high seeds happened. And out in the 16, yeah, sort of the bigger names going out there were uh, Hugh and Lafour. So some interesting names in the in the quarterfinals. Young Nikitkin up against uh, young Tommaso Marini. Yeah. Um, two, two guys just out of juniors. Mm-hmm. Still in their short trousers. <laughs> Still in their short trousers. Although Beth very, both very tall, so their short trousers would be actually super short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marini in particular is absolutely enormous. Yeah. And he, he stormed out to a, a, a huge, huge lead um, against Dickin in this one. Um, Marini was 12-2 up and 14-8 up. And it, it looked almost inconceivable that Dickin could manage to claw it back because he, um, well, he was taking loads of very effective parries he couldn't land a riposte to save himself for mm-hmm. most of the fight. And then he finally worked out that taking an extra step back will give him a whole load of more time and space to actually land a riposte. And once he got the hang of that, he just landed hit after hit after hit mm-hmm. and eventually taking a 15-14 win for a thoroughly splendid comeback uh, to to make it to the semi-finals. Um, again, after being on the podium um, in Bonn at the start of the season. Other quarterfinals... Timo Safin beat Erwan Lepeshu, 15-8. A new name for me, Choi Chun Yin, or Ryan, as he's known to his friends of Hong Kong, beat Alex Cherimisinov, 15-14. He'll be grumpy about that. Yeah, he's always grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, extra grumpy. Extra grumpy. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was. Grumpy plus. But Choi sort of backing up the the good work. Kalong Chung's been a sort of regular in the top 10 for quite a long time. The Hong Kong team had a great result in St. Petersburg when they, when they finished second. And now Choi making it through to the middle rounds, uh, here in Shanghai, showing a, you know, real signs that Hong Kong now need to be, now need to be taken seriously as a, as a force in men's foil. Mm. Yeah, he looked, he looked very impressive, but we'll come to a bit more, uh, of his action and, in the final quarter-final, uh, Alessio Ficone beat Garrick Meinhardt 15-14. So some, some proper nail battles in the, mm-hmm. the quarter-finals. Uh, so time to, to look at some of the action in a bit more depth from the semi-final onwards. Nick Itkin against Timur Safin. And I was going to go into a lot of analysis on this, but to be honest, it was a bit of a rout. Having watched Nick Itkin fence a few times now, his style's 
pretty simple to describe. Pretty defensive, but he's got tremendous parry reports, really sharp, really sharp parries and quick, quick reposts. And if he gets the distance at all right, it's almost impossible to get through his defence. Nobody does it really consistently when when it comes on form. The times that I've seen him fencing well, he's really hard to break down. And Safin couldn't get the hang of it at all. Um, I think it's one of those ones where it can still, still kind of the youngster on the men's foil scene um, and all these more more experienced guys still seem to to want to to dominate proceedings mm. and you know try and try and take control of things and, yeah, yeah. and make the make the sort of attacking what, what age is attacking like? present nineteen nineteen so he's oh, he, he, just just twenty yeah so he's, he's proper young so he doesn't have the experience yet to really manage well he, not that I'm saying he didn't manage pe- people much more experienced than him on the way up but it's not it's not surprising really. Well, he kind of doesn't have to at the moment because, as I say, the ones, a lot of the ones that I've seen, the the more experienced fencer has felt, oh, I'll just charge down the piece and hit this kid, which is actually very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And if you keep trying to do it, he'll keep hitting you with parry repost. And that's pretty much exactly what he <laughs> what he did with uh, with Safin here. And um, Safin couldn't get the hang of it at all. He, he did back off just a little bit, try and uh, sort of gather his thoughts almost. He didn't, he didn't really sort of settle in defence, and then it can hit him with a couple of you know short, quick attacks just mm-hmm. to to keep it. Keep it honest, and uh, in the end, a very comfortable win for him, fifteen-seven, uh, which is uh, you know, against Olympic bronze medalist, fairly regular, yeah, um, podium finisher. I think he's currently ranked sixth or seventh in the world rankings. Uh, it's a, a very, very convincing win, but I couldn't get it. I mean, Safin, you know, he's losing the fight. He keeps attacking. Mm-hmm. He gets hit again with a parry or post. I'll have another go. I'll yeah. have another go. You know, please, teamer. You can't be that stupid. Please, please stop. And that, he only stopped when he got 15 hits and he got hold away, and that was it. Yeah. Sure <laughs> go. Yep. Second semi final was my, my first sighting, really, in individuals of uh, Ryan, as I'm going to call him, Choi, okay. of, uh, of Hong Kong, um, up against Fukuni. Uh, to describe him, left handed, pretty quick, fairly evasive in defence, a lot of wriggling and twisting to get mm-hmm. out of the way. Nice change of rhythm in his attack, kept Fukuni guessing when he was moving forward and pretty much in it for, for the early part of the fight, keeping fairly close. And then he got a yellow card for covering with his mask mm-hmm. at about, about six all, I think it was. No, maybe a little earlier, about f- yeah, four or five. Um, he got a card and, and suddenly he seemed less, well, he seemed more concerned about being viewed as too wriggly and picking up more cards. He, he did actually pick up a red card later on for, mm-hmm. for covering, but it, it seemed to kind of shake him that, Oh, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. Whereas that had been working quite well for him earlier on. Well, I mean, he's, I don't, I don't know anything about Ryan. So he must be quite new to the top. Yeah, very much so. I, yeah. I mean, I had no idea what his ranking was coming in, but not in the top 100, I don't think. No, no, no. So, uh, do you yeah, think, I mean, did, did you I watch this right? So do you think it was valid to be carding him? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, I mean, basically what he would do is, um, he, he would go backward for a few steps. Fukuni, Fukuni would, would get going. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon well, as he dropped his point. Well, uh, were, you, were you getting this kind of sort of old school, put the bib in the way, put the mask in the way kind of fence? Is that what we're talking about? No, we're talking about um, a hit and then dropping the hand and throwing, throwing the upper body forward, but going too far and, and sticking the head in front of your target. Right. So that's what he got picked off for. Okay. And rightly so. Mm-hmm. And Fukuni had kind of asked the question earlier on. I think actually the first one it was on Fukuni's video mm-hmm. video right. review and said I can't hit anything there apart from this mask. Please okay. go and have a look. Mm-hmm. And right enough, gets the card and then gets another one again a little later on. Despite that, I mean Choi continued to make Fukuni miss a fair bit 
um, okay. with his attacks. But uh, Fakoni changed it, changed a little bit, rallying with first intention quite so much. Started to use a little bit more counter attack, mm-hmm. um, a little more counter time, drawing that counter attack out and, and hitting with the parry repost. And really, once he got he got ahead, he looked in control of the fight and uh, made pretty much managed the fight to the fight to the finish. Uh, did finish off with a, a, a cracking hit to to take the win though, with a a full length of the piece charge and then a, a foot to the shoulder to finish things off. It's a nice, nice way to finish. Nice, just yeah. to uh, stamp, was your, it an, stamp what, your authority. Was it a mine heart? Uh, no, not with the flesh. Oh, right, okay. Like and that. over a much longer distance. I mean, oh, generally okay. from his back line to Choi's back line, okay. place him on the shoulder. Thanks very much. Take your mask off, take mm-hmm. a bow, mm-hmm. shake hands and go and tell yourself down yeah. in time for the final. So a Fakoni Itkin final. Uh, these two fenced earlier on in the season in Bonn were... I kind of watched the end of that fight because I think I was commentating on something else uh, mm-hmm. where it can won. That was the sort of first first big win for him. Yeah, I think uh, I didn't really remember this. That day. Yeah, I think yeah. it was in the last 32 or something. It was, uh, I think it's been Fakoni's one bad result of the season. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been there. And more more great defence from the kick in. Fakoni looking like he was kind of hanging in there for the early part of the fight, just trying to trying to work out what he's going to do with this kid. Uh-huh. Well, you know, a little more, a little more careful on, on his attacks than he usually is because so yeah. recognise that getting through the uh, it can defence is going to be hard work. Mm-hmm. So a little smaller and more controlled with his yeah. steps, less willing to sort of throw himself in there. So a, a smarter fight than than Safin had produced in the semi final, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can still in the lead at the first break, nine eight up. Uh, and then it was a scrap all the way through to finish. Nobody really um, grabbed control of the fight. It can missed a couple of reposts and hit a couple of off targets. You know when he he'd done the right thing and had mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the opportunity to. To sort of break away in the fight, but um, Fakoni again going slow with the attack, being patient, picking the target, and at fourteen fourteen, Fakoni lands another perfectly prepared, slow, patient, open-eyed attack. Showed Showed you, I like Fakoni. I like Fakoni. Yeah, he is. He's a bright fencer, and yet another win for him. I think it's something like his third this season. He's yeah. uh, just he's think miles ahead at the top of the world rankings. Two years ago, he was nobody. Is it two? No, three years. How, how long have we doing well, this for now? He wasn't in the Italian teams for Rio. Yeah. And then he won the Grand Prix in Turin. Yeah, when we were watching after. We just started this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been a persistent winner ever since yep. then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as I said, he's a long way ahead at the top of the world rankings. Oh, 258 points with uh, Imboden in second with 184. It's a massive, massive yeah, yeah. gap. Yeah. He's gone, he's gone to the world. <laughs> well, going there to defend his title. A lot of points. Oh, that's there. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, proper proper superstar these mm-hmm. days. On to the women's. Now, I did say, uh, we were talking about the last one. I can't even what, remember what the, uh, the women's foil event was, but it was inevitably won by Inadera Glazova. Can we uh, just stop talking about it then? And I said that if, if she wins, if she wins in Shanghai, mm-hmm. the last one I said, Dera Glazova wins again. I don't want to talk about it. It's quite boring. I did say that if Dera Glazova wins in Shanghai, I will try to analyse why she wins all the time. I can't wait. So <laughs> I'll cut to the chase. She won again. Right. Now, this may sound quite boring. Hang on a second. Kate, do you have an opinion on this? No. Nope. Before we start. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll quickly run through um, where other people departed the scene before uh, Daryl Gosova marched on to yet another victory. Her sixth of the season. Out of eight events, excellent. It's pretty ruthless. Mm-hmm. Then plus a third, and I think fifth and one other. Isn't it her last or her, her worst result something like a last eight? 
Yes, fifth place. Sorry, our worst results. Oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, oh. pretty disastrous. Yeah. It's one of those ones where uh, you look at her her world world ranking points, yeah. and one of the results that she has to drop because you have to drop two out yep. of a, you know you you can only have eight results is a third place at a World Cup. That's, that's not good enough. Not imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, rubbish. Just throw those points away. Yeah, tough life. Yeah, but now here's here's the weird thing though. Um, before I actually talk about any of the fencing. After after Shanghai, though, she's not world number one. What? How does that work? <laughs> Alicia Volpe is now world number one. Well, we like Alice, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have no objection to that. But it does show how kind of quirky and skewed the, the points are for what mm-hmm. you get. Because Volpe won the world championships, mm-hmm. uh, where Zerk went out in the last eight. That's right. <laughs> so those, I think it's two or two and a half times mm-hmm. points that you get for the world championships make... All the difference, despite, despite the fact that Derek Lozo has won everything, everything since yeah. then. It's bizarre. So, quarterfinals, Derek Lozova beat Leonie Eberts, another mm. pretty exciting uh, young junior fencer from Germany, uh, 15-5. Ariana Arrigo beat teammate Palumbo, 15-11. Lee Kiefer beat uh, Yuka Ueno, 15-11, so another good result for Ueno. Uh, quite a big fan of before, but watching her at the the junior worlds, I was super impressed with her. Even she though is, she didn't. She is she didn't super win impressive. Yeah, she's a she's going to be a superstar. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely certain of it. She's but, quite short, uh, so she might be able to beat Derek Ozuna. Oh well, don't spoil the surprise here. I know we talked about this a little yeah. bit before before recording about uh, ways to beat mm-hmm. Derek Ozuna that don't yeah. involve a baseball bat. Uh, there weren't there weren't very many of them, but we'll get to that mm-hmm. a little later. And Elisa Volpe beat uh, Sarah Zuma, another exciting young. Yes, I like, I like Sarah as well. Fifteen ten. Zuma beat Irigo fifteen ten in the first semi final. Mm-hmm. Pretty close for most of it. Usual stuff that you expect from Irigo, mostly aggressive. Bounds down the piece, goes to hit you with the attack. Zuma having to be more defensive as a result, and. I think the truth of it is at the moment is that Dergozova's defence is better than Arrigo's attack. Oh. So Dergozova wins. Oh, okay. So even when um, even when Arrigo kind of susses that and thinks, mm-hmm. I'll back off for a bit, Dergozova's attack is also marginally better than Arrigo's defence. Right, okay. So that's your five-hit mm-hmm. five gap summed up. Mm-hmm. She's just a little bit better on both counts than Arrigo is at the moment, which... But can she fence Sabre as well as Arrigo can? <laughs> I'm guessing probably not. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to show any interest in doing that. Yeah. Not um, because she I is... suppose my question is, will will Arrigo continue to, to show the same enthusiasm for trying to do both? Hmm. Well, we'll um, see. Now, this must be one that you have a have an opinion on, Kate. Yeah, I remember when she came onto the circuit about doing two weapons and we hmm. thought, That'll never happen. A voilist, and she got like a top sixteen result. Yeah. We were like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> Maybe there's something in this. Right then. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, then she had. I think she's she medaled at a Grand Prix as well in Cancun. Yeah, that's right. And but then she's had a couple of competitions which have been at the same time, or she's not been able yeah. to do them. Happens, and I think uh, one that mm, she picked saber over the foil competition as yeah, well. Yeah, she did. Uh, I think earlier on this season, and then. Before no. now, did she miss? Yeah, she did miss Moscow. Or did she? She missed the one before. Basically, she was told not to go. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She was. She would go to a foil training camp uh, and not be selected for Saber. At which point, she had a, a proper falling out. Apparently, with the Italian Federation, mm-hmm. threatened to take them to court unless they unless they picked her for pretty much whatever she wants to do. 
And um, I think fearing the sort of terrible publicity and public outcry, uh, they've kind of bowed to that. Yeah, I saw that she had a bit of an Instagram rant on it. Mm. I, I get most of my rant, gossip from. But my time mm. wasn't up to working out what she was. No, I tried to precisely the translate button. Click translate. Wasn't that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you, then you get your Google Translate and you have to work it out. <laughs> yes, you have to. You have to be able to translate Google Translate translations. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so that's that's uh, an interesting one. But yeah, at the moment she's. Um, I mean, she's sitting third or fourth still in the world rankings. Mm-hmm. She's still. A, a very good fencer, but she's not the utterly dominant foilist that she was in the run-up to mm-hmm. to Rio. And I worry that what what might happen is she'll ha- go to the go to the worlds. She'll have her shot at foil and saber, and then think, "Nah, I do the Olympics," and then that'll be that. Uh, just one, yeah. She'll be that. Nah, that'll be that. <laughs> so it's been a wind up the whole time. The thing is, I mean, she's she's kind of said for the last uh, certainly since it's become a real live issue the last two and a bit years mm-hmm. that she wants to go both. But once the chips are down, you can. Once it, what, what do you think, Kate? Come on. I mean, if she can qualify for it, but then. But she's going to win. It's, it's the Olympics. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a weird bag. The Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the Olympics. It's basically straight into direct elimination. There's yeah. no pools or anything like that. That might work to her advantage, I guess. But it becomes the, the, There's more chaos in that, I think, than than you can rely on. And is her form good enough in both to manage that chaos? I think when she's switching between weapons across different weekends, and quite often with a gap in between, mm-hmm. I can see that that's more manageable. Yep. The fencing at the Olympics, I think, lasts a week, mm-hmm. maybe a little less. What's the order at the Olympics? I, I can't remember. But basically you're going to be, if you're doing two weapons, mm-hmm. individuals and teams, you're going to fence, you're going to have a day off, maybe two days off. Mm-hmm. You're going to fence again. Actually, you may have to fence a different weapon, mm-hmm. switch back again, mm-hmm. a very short break, and then you're you're on again for the for the team at whichever weapon if you fence. Picked. If you fence. Yeah, yeah, if you're picked. If picked. That's a lot of chopping and changing in, mm-hmm. in quite a short time. That's what I mean. There's, there's, there's a lot of chaos there. Yeah. I want to know the, the other Italians of the Sabre team. I want to know. Their opinion. What do they? Th- I, would that's- to, I would love to know their opinion, but I suspect yeah. they, there's no danger at all that they will voice it in public, <laughs> <laughs> unless it's other than "Go Ariana." Yeah, I think this is great. Through gritted teeth, <laughs> go yeah, Ariana. Very much. So. <laughs> very much. We love you. Uh, because, as far as I'm aware, none of the Italians are individually producing outstanding results. I mean, none of them are right up at the very top of the rankings at the moment. A lot of them are kind of hovering round about the edge of the top 16, most of them just outside. Snowy, none of them are are streets ahead of of Rigo, and they must just spend their whole time going, please God, don't let it be me that gets knocked out of the team by this impudent foilist. Do you know what you have to tell? That would be so embarrassing. I don't, actually. (laughs) Do you not? Okay. Not chatting. I did watch, uh, what was it? It was in... St. Nick in one of the World Cups, and it was, uh, I can't think, it was a German and Arego, 14 all, and Arego did what I could best describe as the best bitchiest face when she got the hit, ripped her mask off and just, <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, I'm not fencing her, I'm not going anywhere near that. Yeah. She's quite tall as well, so. You know. Yeah, it's quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an interesting one, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm sure there's more twists and turns than that. That tail's still to come. Yep. Anyway, sorry, we've completely derailed. Yeah, distracted from the, the foil action. Drama. I love about the Riga watch, that's the thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a excellent long-running theme for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. 
of uh, what's she doing what's she doing this week and yep. how's it going for her um, so yeah how it went for this was uh, for this one was um, not quite as good as Dergazova anymore uh, in the second semi-final Volpe beat Kiefer and this was really all about turning the turning the fight into the game that you want to play early on in the fight Kiefer was managing to sort of provoke her into uh, getting involved in sort of blade work exchanges uh, at a relatively short distance where, where Kiefer could mm-hmm. uh, get control of things she got a lot of joy with that um, but eventually Volpe realised that well if I can keep the distance long keep her away from me by by using the line to slow her down and being super patient with my own attacks not being rushed into trying to finish and getting caught up in this uh, exchange of parry reports and remises yeah. ducking and wriggling that's going to suit me much better mm-hmm. once, she, once she got the hang of sticking that that game on uh, on Kiefer and then it was uh, it was all over so again it was close up to kind of mid fight and then uh, we'll be pulling away for what in the end was a pretty comfortable 15-9 win alright okay so on to the final another Daryl goes over triumph hooray yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think Volpe's been listening to us though, because she did kind of follow our advice to some, <laughs> oh, to some <laughs> degree. <laughs> Sorry, Alice. Because I suggested that she needs to come up with a more a more active style if she's going to bother Derek Lasofa. Mm-hmm. She did that for for bits of the fight, was actually pretty successful with it. But then uh, either Derek Lasofa would would take up the attack, score with a couple of those, and Volpe seemed to forget that she'd scored her hits by upping the pace yeah, and varying yeah. rhythm of the footwork, and she would go back to her more patient, slow preparation, which works for her against the vast majority of people, but again, isn't quite enough to to beat Derglazova. And once she settled back into that, Derglazova was all over her, and the and the fight was done fifteen ten. So it's another Derglazova win. I can hardly tell you how happy I am. Uh, and a little later on, I will pay my homage to Ina and uh, just how incredibly impressive her fencing is and try to explain why she wins all the time. We'll go to the pub and come back once he's finished. <laughs> <laughs> it might be quite a short homage, so you can yeah. stick around for it. Yep. Okay, so that was Shanghai, uh, another gloriously prevented, presented Grand Prix, which I had to, had to catch up pretty much with all of it after the event because we were doing our thing in Paris, which is a bit odd, certainly with the foil Grand Prix, almost regardless of what time they are on, they are on at, I usually try and watch it as much as possible live. But uh, no, this was all post-event homework. And two two unsurprising winners, Fukuni again, Derek Gazova, as always. So that was it. So Gav? Dubai Women's Epi. Mm, please. Okay, let's get on with that then. Um, <laughs> let's get on with it. Yeah, let's get on with it. It's the, uh, let's get over with. Exactly, this is it. We'll, we'll basically get on to the, the real weapon now. Um, After you've done your bit. After the my bit of what? You'll do the real weapon after your epi bit. Oh, I see. Oh, that's a burn. That's a burn and a half. <laughs> yeah, um, getting early. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just wait a second while I, I've got, I've, I've given up trying to use the FI's website because it's so terrible. It is terrible, yes. Uh, and I've, I've actually just been looking, trying to find the results on on guard service instead. I'd rather look at it that way instead. That's fair enough. Because at least now I can look at the scores and stuff and uh, yeah, refresh my true. memory. Yeah, I think that is something worth worth mentioning. Um, the FIE have uh, come up with a, a shiny new design for the website. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely horrible. Yep. Uh, finding your way around it, it's extremely difficult. Getting it, getting it even to work. I mean, I know, I know you struggled previously with the, <laughs> with the, the old, old one. The old one. Yep. But this one, even worse, do you think? By a, I just can't get it to work at all. I just can't get the results to come up in any sort of readable way on my phone. And when I'm at, uh, when I'm on a real computer, like a proper big one, mm-hmm. I still can't get it to work properly. And it's, oh, okay. It's, well, it works, but it's not. Have you looked at the UFI website? I was going to come back with the opposite. I quite like it, actually. Oh. Rather than having 
I like the just click, 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 find it easy, but. Saber. It's a different way of thinking. <laughs> it is different. It is different. <laughs> Not it. saying anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't say it's an age thing, Kate. Don't say oh. it. <laughs> um, wait a minute. We have to have a quick uh, engineering pause because I need to actually find the. Uh... Oh, here we go. Right, I'm just looking for the actual uh, the overall results so I can get to my last eight. Ah, that's what I'm looking for. Right, just give me a minute. I should have brought my laptop. Well, there's that too. Or oh, the roar of my uh, laptop when it randomly does an update. That too. Yeah. A, I know you love that bit as well. Oh, it's a joy. Yeah, the results aren't as quite... They're good, but they're not quite still on the guard service. It's quite work on my phone. Does that not suggest that your phone is the problem then? No, that's me. Okay. It's actually me. User error. Good. Right. Let's get on with this. Yes, please. The um, suspense is killing me. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> okay, so... Just yeah, I can hardly tell you how irritating this is to out. Yeah, there we go. Right, okay. Let's have a look at a couple of the uh, the early levers. Out in the last uh, 64, we have uh, Kelly Hurley, uh, Yulia Belyayeva, Coraline Vitalis. They all went out in the, in the 64. Out in the 32, we have uh, Zhu China, Kravitska of Ukraine as well. So it's actually... Fairly good. Uh, well, we should do it in the list 16 as well. So, out in the 16, we've got Navaria, Lehis, Kang, Kusk, Andreshina, Shin, Zhu, and McKinnon. So, basically, most of the top seeds made it into the latter stages, is what we're saying. Okay. But a few, a few, there was a few that's, kind that's of. Quite a few in the 64 and 30. Yeah, there yeah. Really small numbers, though, for, for an AP competition. Yeah, yeah. So, usually it's a total carve up. Four, four or five. Yeah. You're, you're looking at usually oh, at least 10 of your mm-hmm. top 16. Out before the, the last 16 even starts. Yeah. So our up's in the last eight. Uh, so our first one is uh, Orian Malo versus Violeta Kolobova. Uh, Kolobova just takes that one 15 10. Their next one is uh, Courtney Hurley up against uh, Sun Yuen. Uh, I haven't actually watched this one. I need to go back and check it. Uh, Hurley wins this one 10 9. I was going to say, what was the score? 10 9. I think that may tell you everything you need to know about the fight. Well, you've you got. Are going to go back and watch it again? I don't think you mean that. Well, remember, I said all the nice things about Sun. I need to go back and check to see if it's good Sun she's, or traditional Sun. She's really had a relapse. I think she's had a relapse in this one because you've got, we've got the. Uh, I'll say more about this in a minute. We've obviously got Courtney Hurley here up against Sun. That must have been a thrill a minute. Um, our next one was uh, Erica Kirpu up against Vivian Kong of Hong Kong. Uh, Vivian took that 159. Good result for her. And our final one's a bit, this is a bit of a surprising one. It's uh, Choi of uh, Korea up against uh, Popescu. Mm-hmm. And Choi won at 15-11. Choi's first name or second name? Uh, Injeong Choi. It's the Korean okay, fencer. Okay. Yep. That's the one that's uh, a bit like Shinalam. Tall and skinny, uh, pommel. Patient. Patient. Mm-hmm. Patient is the word. I think it actually dulls the word, but we'll go for patient. Go for patient. <laughs> yeah, so our first, uh, our first semi-final. Do you know anything about Epi, by the way? Did you watch any of this? Oh, I was no. no okay, fair enough. Very wise. Okay, got a life to lead. Um, right, but I watch him in Zeppi, so you guys are going to have to suck it up. Um, <laughs> so our first semi-final was uh, Hurley versus Kolobova, and I, I, I think the best semi for this one is uh, the floating water of Kolobova just breaks on the rock of Hurley. <laughs> Very good. That's always poetic. Yeah, it? yeah. So like Hurley's game is uh, is counter offence, uh, so she's going to stand there. If you've never seen Courtney Hurley fence. She's uh, uh, powerful is the word I would use, but doesn't move around very which much. Which one is? It's Kelly and Courtney. Yeah, Kelly's, which one's which? Uh, Courtney's the one that's quite well built. Okay. So, Kolobov was doing a good job of managing this problem that she had in front of her at first. 
and she was getting past Hurley's defence and she looked in control for the first kind of uh, period or second period. Um, there's lots and lots of second intention going on because that's kind of what Hurley's game is as well as Kolobova's. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're both trying to outthink each other. So, but the problem you've got against Hurley is you've got to attack her because she's not going to attack you. No. Uh, and that is really a problem. Uh, and as you know, in Epi, we don't like attacking. That's like the last thing we actually want to do. Hurley's game is all about turning uh, Kolobova against herself. So basically, all the way through this, it's been relatively close and the scores swapped, the leads swapped back and forth a little bit. But Kolobova's always been edging ahead and keeping it under mm-hmm. control. And we get into the third period with Kolobova now leading 12-9. And I've got to be honest, I thought uh, Kolobova was going to take it at this point because all she has to do, there's about a minute and a half left on the clock, is we're going to go for Epi here. We're just going to manage this out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for whatever reason, Hurley breaks her. Right, and uh, Kolobova decides to just start attacking randomly. And uh, what what Hurley does is use Kolobova's attack against her. So there's like second, second, second intention. There's like layers, onions. Epi's all about onions. <laughs> it makes you cry. It does. Yeah. It makes you cry. Yeah. Uh, but what she was doing was she was Hurley was basically selling Kolobova these sort of fake fake preps. Kolobova was biting just about every single time, and it was exactly what Hurley was wanting. Uh, so we went from from a, a from her being. 12-9 down to being 12-all. And I actually, it, it's kind of a sort of frustrating moment because there's a couple of points where there's a pause and I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. I think there was a P-yellow at one point, but I'm not sure because there's no commentary. Everything just stops and the cameras just look at an empty piece for a minute. Yeah. Uh, both offences sort of wandered off and came back again. So I'm not sure. I think there was a P-yellow and they had a bit of a chat about it. Anyway, but at this point it's 12-all and just Colobova just loses her head and just starts uh, charging in. And that's just what Hurley wants and essentially just picks her off. Yeah. Three hits later, we're done. 15-13. That seems... Seems close, honestly. Well, no, no, that seems pretty careless from, from Colbova. It was weird. From, from three hits up near the end of the fight. It was weird because she was totally in control. She was she was managing Hurley in the sense, well, Hurley's not going to do anything. Mm. All you got to do is step back and make her attack, right? Just but that isn't it. what she was, she was doing. So she'd been scoring these hits with uh, a nice beat or a nice, uh, a nice threat to the hand. And Curly was either parrying or trying to stop, and that was what Colbov was working off. But once you've got three points lead, you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. You just, it's up. Hurley can't attack. Well, Hurley has an attack, but it's not a brilliant attack. Mm-hmm. So all you've got to do is just stand back and let her do whatever she's going to do and deal with that instead. Moment, yeah, yeah it was, it's a bit of an odd one. But uh, as I say, there was, a, there was a weird pause, and because there was no commentary or anything like that, I'm not sure what was going on, but the yellow card wasn't actually put on the board. So it was a bit of a strange one. The whole event had a weird air to it. It looked like. Uh, Turin was set out the same way, right. but it was uh, there was no commentary or anything like that, so it just felt like a bit a bit airless, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, anyway, semi final two. That's this is uh, Kong versus Choi. Not as much to say about this one because it's, it's a total Choi fest. Um, <laughs> it's pretty close in the first period, um, and both fences were a bit cagey. And Choi goes four three up into the break. Mm, okay. And what you've got here now is you've got Vivian Kong is going to have to try and find a way to br- break through Choi. And uh, Kong can attack, but unfortunately, Choi, all Choi wants to really do is stand there and stop hit you. Yeah. To be fair to Choi, she actually can. She does have a really nice, lovely, long step lunge if she needs to use it. But, but that isn't what she does. She just. But 4 3 up, she doesn't need to use it. No, nah, she, she just steps back. Yeah. Uh, and she just, keeps the, she just keeps the lead, and Kong can't do anything about it. And she just keeps doing these kind of really, they're just really beautiful, long attacks. But all Choi does is take Double. it. Literally, yeah. no, 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 no. Better than that. <laughs> Choi just waits for it to happen and steps back. So these lovely attacks to stop midair, 
nothing happens. Okay. And then and then the hand comes out and hits her. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, Troy goes something like, oh, I don't know, it's like 12, five up. And uh, it's all over, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of extra points in it finish. I can't remember exactly what the score is because I've lost the score here, but it's a, it's like 15-8 or something like that at the end. It's a it's a comprehensive victory by Choi. But it was good. It was good seeing a massive stuff from her, if you know what I mean, managing it all. So we get into the final. So you've got Troy versus Hurley. And this, you have, this is what I've written here, is that the, the issue is that you've got both fences that can attack, but it's not their home. It's not what they like to do. No. So there's a lot of standing around. And... and in this situation, Kate, it's about who hits first. Yeah. Yeah. This is Epi. Who's going to hit first? <laughs> uh, and that's Troy, who goes 5-1 up. And at that point, she's luring sort of Hurley into distance and just starts to pick her off. And uh, if, I mean, she starts picking off Hurley. If Hurley shows even a hint of ambition, right. she gets picked off. So Hurley's attack is not doing anything at all. So her, the thing is, though, we get into the second period. Again, there's this kind of weird pause. And again, I think there's another PL for Hurley. And it's and and that that kind of takes away her ability to sort of stand there and sort of work work out what's going in front mm-hmm. of her. We come into the second period and Hurley decides not to sit back anymore and tries to uh, tries to exploit her. But Troy keeps keeps the score ticking over. It goes ten five up. We finish that period into the third point into the third period. Troy goes twelve five up. I think it is. And you think it's all over, right? Should be. But Hurley just drags it all back uh, back to twelve ten. And all she does is she just alters her timing a little bit. So she still lets Troy think she's got the game and then just starts to take it away from her. And it gets to 12.10 and I'm like, it's one of those moments you think, I'm not entirely sure how that's happened. <laughs> right, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. No point is, uh, yeah, there's not like she's in control of things here. Yeah, she's only a couple of hits. Down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so Hurley's brought it back in again. Then there's a moment, there's a hit by, when Troy, they come together, there's a hit, one hit for Troy. Um, it's a 13.10 and there's a massive discussion. Uh, so there's a bit call for video, they go away and they're away for, oh, I don't know how long, it felt like an hour. I'll be looking at it. It uh, comes back and the hit stands. And that is basically the game over at that point. Uh, there's, there's about a minute left on the clock. Hurley starts to try and attack. She's doing these kind of really nice kind of pressure the blade, go for the toe. But uh, she can't really do anything. And Troy just does what Troy does, which is to step back and finish it off. And it finishes 15-11. So, I mean, it's not... Not exciting. Not exciting. Doesn't sound exciting later stages. Too no. many defensive fencers or too many defensive fencers yeah. being successful with that. The problem with that, the, this is the problem with Epi, is if uh, you've, you've got to play, you've got to show your cards, you've got to show you're working to make an attack work. So you've got to be utterly confident when you're going to go for your attack. But if you've got, because that's difficult and it's more prevalent in the women's game than the men, you do see a lot of defensive fencing. Uh, in the men's game, is a little bit less of this, but in the women's, it's kind of dominant still. Mm-hmm. So there's, while there's some fences I really admire for their sort of dynamic movements we didn't end up with those guys in the end this time yeah I mean the top of the women's rankings actually is full of quite quite exciting fencers Kong I'm pretty sure is top of the rankings at the moment yep. uh, Kang's good uh, Pescu's good yeah uh, Navaria in third mm-hmm. and we like Navaria a lot there's a three yeah three pretty exciting fencers to watch but none of them having the their, their best days here. No, 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 and that's just it's just one of the, it's one of those epi things, one of the way it shook out on the day, unfortunately. Onto the onto the teams. We're just going through the teams in this one. Well, tell me how much of it you watch. Be honest. Uh, to be honest, I didn't have any time, so I didn't watch any of it. So let's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's so just be honest. Who won? Who won? Poland. <laughs> Hurrah! We like that. That's quite interesting. Uh, which does mean I have to go and do my homework and go watch it because why did Poland, why did Poland win? Um, they're a good team. And I, I, because I feel a bit bad because I didn't have a chance to sit and watch them win, 
and I follow quite a lot of the Polish fences online. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like I need to go back and have another look at that one. Because I, I don't think they've actually won for a while. They've been close. I think they were yep. they were second at something earlier yep. on in the season. That's right. Um, but I, I don't recall them winning for a wee while. So that's a mm-hmm. big result. Yeah. Uh, would that have been the first women's EPI team qualifying event? For, mm. you know, yeah, I think it would be. That, be. that that works. That that that'd be correct. I need so, to go and uh, consult our our pal spreadsheets. So, but, uh, <laughs> but so something pulling their off the flyer there. Uh, on current form, yeah. heading heading for Tokyo, mm-hmm. which um, maybe isn't what you would have expected. Because I can't get the FIA's website to work properly, uh, I'm just going to have to go by uh, the positioning here. Uh, Poland beat USA in the final, so okay. uh, so USA continuing their good run as a, a, an EPI team. Yeah, see, so they're definitely in contention. Yeah, we're we'll there's all the time now. Yeah, yeah. So we can't sort of say that the the USA weapon, women's EPI team used to be the also runs, but now that it's not, they're they're kind of firing on all cylinders now. Yeah, they got the hang of it. They had a sort of sudden breakthrough at the end of last season, mm-hmm. and they've been regularly there or thereabouts ever since. They've, uh, yeah, they've uh, got the hang of the whole. Well, you got the, becoming a, a world force thing, even yeah. in Zeppi, which looked like it was going to never happen. Them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like um, bo- both the Hurley sisters, and then you've got uh, Catherine Holmes, who's actually quite a good fence to remember. We've yeah. watched the fence, and she's another one that's quite interesting to watch. Um, in third place, we've got Italy. Which is interesting. There's another strong performance from them, and in fourth place is China. So um, maybe Hughes finally having the effect that they've been the, looking for. Obi magic. Obi magic. Being sprinkled yeah. farther and wider. Mm-hmm. Sun Yuen has been transformed into a, an attacking superstar. Yeah. By the way, in case you don't know, okay, uh, um, Sun Yuen's signature move is to stand still. Sounds like classic epic. She is, and she's a pommeler. Well, not just stand still, stand still and stick her arm out. Well, that's true. She's eight foot tall. Which kind of okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she's not really eight foot tall. It's a slight exaggeration. Yeah, you know, she's, she's quite tall. She's very tall. And largely very patient. Yeah, but, but the last time I saw her fence, she was really quite impressive. She's obviously knocked her into shape. She looks really great. And yeah. had a bit more, bit more about her. So there's quite an interesting last four there. And then just outside the last four, it's Russia and Korea. Estonia down, actually. A little bit down below that as well, but anyway, so it looks like quite quite an interesting kind of uh, finish to the teams there. Hmm. Okay, so that was mm-hmm. where was it? That was, that was Dubai. That was Dubai Women's Epi. Dubai, and no commentary, you see? No commentary, which uh, which I know it doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me. I quite like a bit of commentary in the background, but there was it the depends, same... depends what the commentary is. If it's as good as ours, oh, amazing. Right. <laughs> then then it's great. Mm-hmm. If I... it's as poor as some. Mm-hmm. Then not so great. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. And the other thing I'd say as well is that the streaming quality on the video that I was watching wasn't great. I don't know if it was maybe at my work. I need to go and double check that, but um, it just wasn't good quality either. So there might have been some issues on the hall as well. Okay, so the whole thing not a bit flat. I think not as beautifully presented as not as good as Paris. Spoiled by Paris. (laughs) Spoiled. That's what I want from every tournament now. Well, us commentating, us commentating, people in the crowd, yeah, fantastic atmosphere, fantastic atmosphere, hijinks from the Spanish team, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Not asking for much. That seems perfectly reasonable to me. So finally, we've put it off long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I was going to say let's talk saber, but let's have you talking saber because that's going to make more sense than anything that Gavin and I might come up with. I might chip in because I watched I watched bits of this. Okay, um, good. (laughs) You can you can dismiss my thoughts with. uh, as much we can uh, have a healthy discussion callous, callous realism as you like. healthy debate that all viewpoints matter we're in a post-truth world um, I've not seen 
the 64 bar. Start with the women, because that is my weapon. Hmm. And I could watch that all day. And it was, I've got the top 16 in front of me. And it was interesting, because there's no French women in it. Indeed. And Manon, actually, I think she went out really early. Might have been 64, she went out. Yeah, I think it was. She's top contender. Same with Lembach. I think Berdeau was the only one to get a 32. Uh, I think was there was all... one other. I think two in the 32. Yeah. So that was a surprise. Bad day for the French, yeah. We had 16 was Velikai and Vecchi, Mormiel and... I know how to pronounce this, so I'm going to get try. Is it Kian? It's Q-I-A-N. We think so. We've had a bit of debate about this. Kian, maybe? Kian. No, I think Might be Kian. Kian. Hmm? I think Kian. You think Kian? I do. Okay. Kian. I'm going for Chian. Just because I got burned in Unknown in France, so I'm going for Chian. <laughs> uh, Gregorio and Agorian and... Go for it, Kate. The Greek surname. Segan. Uh, Contura. Contura. Okay. Uh, Posnikova, Kim, Shao, Mikhailova, Karlan, Stone, Putsai, Choi, and Chrisio. And I've just realised I pronounced it's not Velikaya, it's Velikia. Oh, really? I got, oh. I, yeah, I got oh, corrected no. on that one as well. That's another one we've messed up the whole time we've been talking about. Her. Really sorry, because we like her as a friend or two. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think, I'll just spoil it, but Vilikia won. And I think she's, first off, I'm just going to say I love Vilikia. I love her fencing. I was just fangirling the whole time I watched it. <laughs> I think she had one hard fight the whole competition. One bead of sweat might have come down her face. That was about it. She stormed <laughs> through on it. It's not fight. just me then that has fan, that's a fan. Yeah. No, we're all fans, Cap. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but it's not. I'm not. It's, it's nice to hear that I'm not the one that goes. It's Park. Oh my God, it's Park. <laughs> Manobi. Sorry, go on. No, that happened to me. It was in uh, Athens, and Sugunis walked past me, and I mm. about fell on the floor, and I came back and told my teammates, "They're like, yeah, she's going to be the competition." I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. "She walked past me though." Um, <laughs> yeah. So top eight, Vilakia one fifteen nine against Kian. What do you think of her fencing? She well, I haven't seen much of her before. I think I'd maybe seen her fence one fight before. Yeah, the Chinese have sort of come out of... For me, I think I've not noticed them before, which is probably a bit silly of me. But mm-hmm. she did... It was 15-14 in Tunis in the final mm-hmm. with Vilicky and Kian. So I'm guessing the Russians have then in Moscow spent the whole time watching her. And then, okay, this is the game plan now. Yeah. So her and Xiao, really good results for them. Mm. But they've got the... French coach, who's I don't not not sure of the names. Not sure either. I knew they had a French coach, but I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a lot of French coaches. There are a ton of French coaches, mm-hmm. and they are everywhere now. Gori and Aposnikova. It was a close one, a fifteen fourteen to Posnikova, and Shao and Carlan. And I sorry because Carlan it's fifteen twelve to Shao, and I really expected a bit more from Carlan in that mm-hmm. fight. She just it almost looked like she just really wanted to win, and she just looked flustered. I think, yeah. in that fight. That's a moment where you're thinking, I should be winning this, but I'm not. What do I have to do? Oh, my God, it's not working. Oh, my God, yeah. oh, my God, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and, oh, and then wait, this is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I don't know whether she's had, yeah, what it was, but it's not the best I've seen her. And, yeah. Shao is no, no, such no, a mean, slow fencer, and Velikai just, not Velikai, Carlan <laughs> rushed into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Shao was just picking hits off of her, where she really shouldn't be. Yeah, so. I think, yeah, I think... You're right. You can you can understand the temptation though mm-hmm. to go. I'm much faster than that. Yeah, and I want to go faster than the start mm-hmm. rather than going. 
well, she's slow all the time, so I can pick my moment to go fast rather than just nothing off the underline line at, mm-hmm. at top speed. So I watched the first half of it. I saw Carlan was getting hit and I fenced Carlan and it was amazing. But she has that, okay, I've got two hits off. Mm-hmm. I know what the timing is. I know what to work from now. And I was wait. I was still waiting for her to sort of work it out. And I don't know what happened with her. I feel so sad for her, but <laughs> I was so like, sad, "Come but... on, Carla, please!" But no. And then Putsai and Chrisio, fifteen fourteen win to Putsai, and they were quite equally matched as well. Mm. But that was the same where Chrisio just when she rushes, Putsai's just got the the timing just to pick her off. Mm. As well, she's got a really strong defense. And Chris was just uh, rushing through to the attack. So she's just picking up counterattacks, mm. finding the blade. And then Velikai and Posnikova. And I've got my notes. I've got full on spiel for this one. Do it, Kate. Do it. We, we've done it. It's your shot. That's <laughs> <laughs> how much I've got to find the page. Where am I going? Yeah. So Velikai, Posnikova. I said the most, probably the most strenuous fight for Velikai. Velikia. My goodness. Velikia all day. It was quite 4-2 lead to Posnikova. And Posnikova, I think she'd had such a tight fight from Igorian. She was ready for the fight. And then mm. Velikia starts off that slow. And then you can see that she has so many gears just to wind up. So right. she got to 4-2 and she went, okay, let's sharpen this up a little bit. She's just watching, if you watch the fight with Putsai, she's really, she's got a very busy hand when she's pushing the attack. So she mm-hmm. moves her hand out of the way so the opponent can't get it. And then blues them. But Velikai has just got that hand. Her hand's blue. A, a Scottish word that we've not used, I don't think. What's that? Bluter. Bluter. Oh, bluter, yeah. Bluter or scalp, I quite like as well. Yeah, all good. Don't make us produce a, uh, a dictionary for the <laughs> listeners, though. Glossary of terms for non Scottish yeah. listeners. I do that all the time, I'm coaching, yeah. I just Pagger make them. up noises. Hey, that's a good one for you, Pagar. Pagar. Mm. <laughs> or Skadoof is another one. Mm. That's more onomatopoeic, that one. <laughs> but yeah. But Velikai just keeps her hand back through the attack and it's so easy. She's she's just so graceful. I'm just going to fangirl this whole time. But <laughs> her, her and Agorian, they walk around the the stadium like they're ballerinas. They're just they're graceful and they just flow with their movements. And her, when she's making Posnikova fall short, she just sort of, oh, okay, you're done. Okay, I'll just push you along to the end and then I'll hit you. She just takes her time and where everyone else is, like you said, oh, we're rushed, I can go fast and go fast. She's right. I've got right of way. I'm going to take my time. And she just takes that control and it's just textbook mm. perfect. Yeah. She, she does have a four. Yeah. Posnikova does pull it up a wee bit, but yeah. Oh yeah. Put a little star with Velikaya Parapost on the back line. It was quite a nice mm. hit. Faint. Cause Posnikova has got this massive attack. You think she's got it. She's storming it down and she just faints the counter attack, takes Parapost and it is. A scalp right on her. That's a nice one. Yes, yeah, she's Velikia's just... I'm just going to say it two different ways in this one time. And I think Velikia, as I'm going to have to... Yep, right. myself to, to call her. When... Uh, I mean, I've watched quite a lot of women's sobriers over the last three years now, really, that have been doing that. And she is the one that, along with Carlan, when the fencing well seems to have more time than anybody else. Yep. Everything seems to slow yep. down. Yeah, Nothing's been- rushed. It all seems effortless. Mm-hmm. And that's happened because obviously uh, Velikia has only been back for a year. I mean, it was Moscow last year that she made her return mm-hmm. after a, a break following following Rio. So it's only a, a year that I've been watching her fence. And I've seen that more often from her than 
any of the other women's suburbs that I watched over the last three years. That kind of uh, serenity on the piece. Yeah, she has. Even when she loses a hit, it's sort of, oh, well, okay, get on the next one. Mm-hmm. And you can see the her body language is just, in comparison to other girls, you can see that when they tighten up and when they're getting stressed. Mm-hmm. Whereas I love the way she just walked off a duck's back. She's just, okay, get on with the next one. Is she one of these people where when the, the chips are down, that they, they seem to relax? So that, you know, you're under... Mm-hmm. Although everyone else, the sort of typical response is when you're under pressure, you get tense. Mm-hmm. That's what most people do, right? Yeah. Okay. You, you can see some sort of physical manifestation, but there's some people who manage it so well, they seem to relax when the pressure gets on. And they can be quite difficult to, to sort of beat as a result. I think it just might be just experience from her. She's just been in these situations so many times mm. that she knows how to deal with it. She's got that sort of mental experience of dealing with these mm. stressful situations. But I don't think it was that really that stressful. She just... She went, okay, you've hit me. Right, you're not having that again, sort of. Yeah, I've seen that now, and you won't hit her with that again. Yeah. Yeah. And even, they got to, I've said 13, I still think she has more gears to go through. Mm-hmm. She's still sort of, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll turn it up a wee bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And Posnikova, she fenced amazingly as well. I'm not saying that she didn't. She mm-hmm. got Um But no, it was a really good fight from Velikai. And then on to Sham Putsai. And because I'd not seen Xiao before really that much, I thought, okay, Putsai's had a good run. I think she might take this one. And I think she did as well. They're quite, yeah, Putsai was equally matched with Chrissy, but then rushed. So that's where Putsai mm. was going to hit. With Sat, Sat Xiao? I'm saying, I can't pronounce anything pick, today. Pick one. Pick one and we'll go with it. Xiao. <laughs> it's so slow. She has the same sort of Velikia's attack of that control and it's that irritating slow of oh well I'll have to do something and that's where Putsai was getting caught out mm-hmm. of she was going for counterattacks and I think you'll like this here if you watch it is Putsai really likes the defense trying to find the attack trying to find the blade she goes for a point in line sets up nicely and she just goes thump right on the wrist I was yeah. like that's an epic <laughs> hit and even the commentator I can't remember who's commentating on it but they said that is an epic hit but it was quite I love it when she gets hit and Putsai is just like oh right Oh, I've been hit. Oh, right. wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or as I think we said, we said before, Pustai's uh, 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 reaction is often, "Hmm, that should have been mine." <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's not her hit, hit seems genuinely surprising and slightly perplexing. Yes, yeah, so, I'm sure that was my hit. Yeah, I did see that a few times. Offence, Chrissy, like Chrissy would shout. She's like, "Why are you shouting? Mm. Like, it's my hit. What are you doing?" Yeah, um, she's not trolled by a huge amount of self doubt. I don't think. No. <laughs> she yes yeah, just I really it's a really nice fencing in the middle as well just before the eight minute break of puts I yeah she has a massive attack and hits Shao and Shao's sort of not woken up from the on guard line and then Shao draws it parapos beautiful and you think okay so and then you're expecting what's going to happen next mm-hmm. sort of thing and then puts I does the same again goes for attack gets parried and then nice counterpost in a lunge that's quite a nice hit. And then, yeah, she then obviously Shao's not going to stay there, so push I push mm. her all the way to the end and smacks her. And then there's the eight-minute break. A, from a coaching point of view, it's a, yes. a perfect development of this is, you know, this happens, yeah, this yeah, should yeah, be yeah. a response, that happens, this should be your response. This is how, this is how fights develop. This is how you learn to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, to create your actions depending on your opponent's uh, reaction to, to what you do. It was really nice to watch, yeah. It's sort of like, right, she's going to do that. Oh, yeah, she did do that. Just, yeah. Oh, right. oh, yeah, that was a good thing. 
And then after the eight minute break, puts I didn't get a, didn't get a look in. I think she got one one point. Mm, don't know what Shao's coach said to her, but it was have worked because she didn't get a hit. <laughs> she got one hit, and then it's she the, just it's the magic coaching through. pixie dust. That's yeah. what it is. By the way, this is sort of an observation from Women's Saber. We've commented on this before. In Women's Saber, in particular, mm-hmm. it seems that the momentum changes in a like that on yeah. a dime. So quite often you, you can see. You get to the you get to the eight point break, one side's leading, and then all of a sudden everything changes, and it'll be a massive lead for the other person coming back out. We've talked about this before. It changes so quick, yeah. And um, quite often, I've, I've noticed it's quite often at the break. The fights are are quite close up to up mm. to the, up to the break, and then one fence or other will will storm away. So yep. it, it ends up quite a big a big margin at the finish. Mm. Have you any thoughts on why that is, Kate? Is it just how it is, or I think it's just a maybe a saber thing. I don't know. It's just. I mean, so I do appreciate that you know the hits happen quickly, so you mm-hmm. you can get on a roll. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, so a big turnaround. It, it doesn't happen so much either side of a break, you know, where somebody clocks clocks a, a fencer's yep. fencer's pattern or something, or gets gets a feel for their sort of the rhythm of their footwork or whatever mm-hmm. midway through a a break. It's, it's uh, midway through a period. It's that that minute break seems to be a very sort of decisive thing where. It all clicks for one fencer, and then they storm yeah. away to the finish. You know, creating a, a big. Well, I, I a think big, it's yeah. bit, I think I'm meaning a bit more than that because I do see a lot of when I when I do sit down and watch Moon and Saber, a lot of big scores. So like you know, one side might be winning you know six nil or eight nil or whatever. And the next thing, you know, the other side's up nine eight, and you think, what, what, how, what? Well, you the, don't see the, it the, 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 the so turnaround doesn't happen that often. I mean, I can think of. Well, yeah. one. Well, there's the one in the world. The world <laughs> championships is the famous one. Admittedly, it's an extreme one and it has happened, but yeah. But you know what I mean? There's usually a, a gap. And a, anyway, sorry, Kate. No, no, no. You're, I know, I get what you mean. I think it's just that the decision-making time is so short in Sabre. Well, you can have that sort of, like you said, you've got a show where you're working in an epic. Mm-hmm. And Sabre, you don't have the time to sort of work out the hits. It's just, I've got to make a decision now. You've got to go through it. Mm. So, no, it's an interesting one. I know what you mean. Especially in team events as well, it can happen, I think, as well. Mm. Maybe more. Uh, uh, think about uh, it. Yeah. I'll do my homework. I'll have a we'll, little think about we'll it. you on this again next time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the final of Velikaya Shao, Velikaya again, didn't. Oh, Velikia. Goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> We're all going to oh, have to get used to it. If I get any hate mail, I'm going to cry. No. Um, <laughs> don't don't, don't, don't worry. We've been told off for all our pronunciation. It's going to happen. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, it turns out the pronunciation well. that we had when we started well. doing this podcast. Almost all of them are wrong, mm-hmm. and now only about half of them are wrong. So and I got my geography good. test wrong, so yeah, don't worry, did. it's it's yeah. fine. <laughs> no, she once again. I think there was a couple of hits as well that were being called. I'm not an FIE ref, so I'm not going to say it was a wrong call. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether it was because it's Velikia and it is everyone screaming and shouting her name. But there was a couple of hits. I thought, mm. and even I think the Chinese, the French Chinese coach was going to be bonkers at one point I don't know whether he was going angry at the ref or at his fencer but he wasn't happy could be about both yeah it wasn't till yeah it's 8-2 at the break yeah Velikai's just got that control in the middle she's just picking her off and Shao's just rushing for the hit rather than trying to find mm. the right timing to get then get the hit mm. so Shao's just yeah Velikai's going oh okay just take that one oh okay can I have that one um, yeah I mean Shao Sh- at the break had uh, kind of a a slightly resigned ear about her, you know, her game's up, um, I'm yeah. eight you down. And I know you're going to give me a load of advice in the next minute before we go back on, but I'm not really seeing a way out of this. 
Yeah, she you could tell in her body language she was going, oh, crap, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> been there, done that. My day is done. Mm-hmm. And it must be hard when everyone's shouting, you know, Valukia, oh, constantly, constantly. Especially even Poznikova, they had that. Everyone was shouting mm. and screaming her name. So it's a tough one. Um, well, that's, the, that's the home advantage coming out, isn't it? Yeah. But she just looks so happy and so chilled. I think mm. she just put her feet up. Had a cup of tea, that was about it. She looks, <laughs> honestly, the, and it's so irritating because you know how hard it is, but she makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. And people went, oh, it's, it's just so easy. Nothing it's not, though. It, yeah. It's not so hard. If I went like that, I'd just get smashed. Yeah. Okay, enough fangirling of a Vilakia. <laughs> On to the men. Apathy won, which surprised me. Although I don't really, I'm going to confess, I haven't really watched any of the men's, mostly because it's that different competitions but yeah i mean apathy is he, he's won a couple no no that's the first one for him first one for my first world cup of how old is he i have no idea he's been around for a while though he's not a kid no but i'm, I'm thinking maybe late 20s early 30s mm, i would say a little younger you think a little younger? Oh, yeah, okay I maybe i should be a little mid to late 20s okay mm. but yeah, yeah well first in, win. in contrast to the lack of women in the french mm-hmm representation i'll go from top 16 mm-hmm. good yeah, about dershowitz shetnikov Fiani, kim and that's young one kim kiritoli montano bazedzi bazedzi georgia yeah Zalagi, hartong zoo paxterman gu kim juno juno mm-hmm. bragamov apathy lokanov and then top eight, Dershowitz and Kim. And Dershowitz won 15-13. And I was didn't watch the men's top eight. I watched the semis. But I was mostly surprised by the, just reading off the results, the Zalagi and Bezedzi. Do you know where that one? I need to go back and watch that one. What's the score? 15-11 to Bezedzi. I mean, Bezadzi is half decent. He's... <laughs> Very, very generous of you to see. It's so. not. It's not. It's not so like No, it's like he's beautiful, right? But it's, he's not. He's not him. I've got a picture. I've got some good pictures of Bazadzi actually at, in Leipzig. Uh, yeah, he produces, I mean, he, he produces he's not, the odd result. So yeah, he, he's not a stranger to to top eight finishes. Certainly, he's also a big unit. If I remember right. No, yeah. not particularly. Is he not the? Is he not the one that's like a, he's got? He's massive with a huge beard. Is that not the one? That, am I thinking no. of the wrong guy? Yes, you are. I'm not sure. Must be the other Georgian fencer then. <laughs> Dershowitz won against Kim, 15-13. Kuritulik won against Bezedzi, 15-12. Hartong won against Gu, 15-13. And Ibragimov lost Apathy, 15-13. I'm still surprised by Apathy. But he fenced amazingly, really. Back to my notes. I only caught the sort of later stages of this, so... Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he was amazing. Everyone gets a day in the sun, remember? I mean, he's been close. He's made a few, a few last eights this season. Well, that's at why I was two, at least two or three, that, which may be why you think well, surely he must have won something. Well, that's exactly why I'm. That's why I'm questioning it because well, if it's his first one, it's his first one. No, I'm, I'm going to state that confidently, mm-hmm. okay. mainly because the French Federation confidently stated it on their uh, mm-hmm. Instagram. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll start with my Dershowitz and Curatoli. Dershowitz had, I've said, control of the middle. Sounds about right. And he was just really sharp at finding the timing against mm-hmm. Curatoli. The attack and preparations, and then drawing it to make a miss. Drawing it for a power post. Yeah, really nice control of the middle. 
Yeah, I mean, same Joshua sort of Schmitz thing. has become a bit of a, a machine over the last year and a half. He went from being promising young fencer to now a sort of serial winner. And even when he's not winning, you know, a bad day for him is going out in the last eight. Mm-hmm. Very rarely has a complete disaster. Um, super, super consistent. Who's mm-hmm. that? Sorry. Dushwitz. Dushwitz. Yeah, he's, is he not really, what, he's not really highly ranked at the moment as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, one, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. sorry I, I zoned that for a second. Yes. yes. Very highly ranked. Yeah, sorry. And he's adapting to Curatoli really well as well. As well, really well as well. There was one, and it's that really off the line, quick repost, full shot repost, and he's not getting it. So the next time he just takes a distance, and then every other one he's getting, either with a parry or without. But it's really hard to see with the cameras. I got really annoyed with the cameras at Moscow because they would have the zoom in of the coaches and of the fences and the slow-mo. And by the time they get to the live fencing, they've missed the first two seconds, which is the vital part of it, yeah. especially when all the fencing's in the middle. And you just see the light, you're like, but what, what happened? What happened there? Yeah. yeah. It's a problem with getting a slow-mo in fencing, I think, in general. Because by the time you look back, got the slow-mo played it, you know, and then returned to the feed, you, you're basically onto another point. And mm-hmm. it's a real problem. Even an epi, even epi moves fast enough for that to be a problem. So I can't imagine how bad it is in Sabre. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, it must be tempting for them to use the slow-mo option. Because yep. it does look great. Mm-hmm. But... Please, please don't. Not while it's in the middle of the actual action. Mm-hmm. Show as much slow stuff as you like. And then the cut break. straight to the yeah. live. Yeah, it's just, it's just annoying. You just because it kept on happening. There'd be one yeah. light and going, "What happened?" Or there's two lights and the ref calls it. You're like, mm-hmm. But why? I want to see it. And then, so, it, oh. yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I agree. Yeah. It's annoying me. It is annoying. I kept on every day minutes in my notes. I'm going camera, camera, <laughs> camera. <laughs> yeah. And there was a nice counter time repost from uh, Dershowitz that threw Kiritoli literally off the piste as well. Right through. I like it. Hartong and Apathy as well. Hartong's had a really good season. And then, yes, going well. And then I just saw on Instagram that he's got a injury, uh, some sort of sore, ankle, sore ankle yeah. injury. I don't know how that, what's going on. Uh, I didn't really see what he'd done, but did see that he will be fit for the Europeans, apparently. I mean, maybe he's just going over it. You know, it, it yeah. happens. You, just, you know, <laughs> you trip over your, your kiddie's Lego truck. <laughs> Next thing you know, he sprained your ankle. I don't know if he's got kids, but. Oh, yeah, was it uh, Shatty or Collarbone playing uh, rugby in the garden? Was that not Keith did that? <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not playing rugby. No, um... Let's not talk about that. No, it's, <laughs> it's even more ridiculous than that. Yeah, <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, I really thought Hartung had it. I really thought that Hartung was going to win that one. He's He's got the. He's really tall and he's got that timing through Apatee, was catching him in the middle. But then Apathy then was five four seven five seven, and then I think Apathy had that moment of, nope, you're not winning anymore. I'm having this, and then starts drawing Hartung's attacks. Gets his, and he was loving the parapost as well mm-hmm. in the middle. Hartung was up at the break. I think he was about yeah. a couple of hits up at the break. Yeah, thought, six eight at the break. He's he's in control of things here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the in the second period, it was like Apathy Apathy seemed more prepared to gamble. You know. He, Getting, yeah, he would gamble big. I'm, I'm going to go for more, go for more parry repost here. I'm losing the fight at the moment. I'm not quite getting the better of things in the middle of the piece. Mm-hmm. Taking yeah. that many parries seems a it, it is a big risk in in Sabre when you've got some giant German hurtling down the piece trying to hit you. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to turn the fight around, sometimes you've got to you have to go big or go, go home. Yeah. yeah, he started, famously before yeah. the woman at break. He started talking to the ref, and I don't know what it was, but I think that was maybe his chance to 
slow it down and slow Hartung down and start going at his own speed. Mm-hmm. Then in the minute break, and then just flip the control. Like I said, coaching fairy dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed to work for him. Close 10, 9 to apathy. Yeah, I think 13, 10 was the first time we had a three-point difference between it. And I've said it was 50, 14, 11, one light, and then blocks, but the camera. So I don't know what happened. In that one. So one light could have been anything. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it was. Yeah, apathy just didn't take the distance on one of them. It led us to 14, 12, and then he just it adapts for it, takes power post. And then I think this might be an entry for your coolest fencer is he hits the last hit with the first intention point in line on the back line. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty good. That's a that's a cool hit. Uh, yeah, bear that in mind. We'll, we'll get to Cool Spencer shortly. But, yeah. uh, I'm just saying. You're um, stacking up the credits for Mr. Apathy. Right. And then into the final. And sorry, the final score that was 15 13. And then it's Dershowitz and Apathy. One thing that was really weird. So his first point to Apathy, but then it turns out that Dershowitz glove was conductive. So you'd Ooh. hit him on the. But it wasn't quite clear if you'd hit him on the cuff or on the hand. Because right. then he tested it and he held it with his palm and it came up. But then they didn't take the point off. But then he did change glove. Now, I don't think they're supposed to take the point off because it's up to you to ensure that your kit works. Ah, I see. So if you turn out to be sufficiently sweaty that all your... Kit's conductive. Non, mm-hmm. Non-electric kit mm-hmm. conducts, then that's a shame. You get to go and change it, but I don't think it annuls the hit. Mm. I've never seen it before in Sabre, which is weird because you're wearing no, more kit in Sabre, but... The only uh, time I've ever seen it is usually with men's foilists, especially... With men's foilists, yeah. yeah. I think the first time I saw it was Davis when he won the Euros. Well, Europeans, that's right, yeah. That's it. So why is change. he taking his kit off? Oh, right, it's sweaty. Okay, got yeah, it. yeah, everything's it registering his own target. Do you, do you use wireless, don't you, for Sabre mostly? No. No? Yeah, it was wireless at Moscow. Yeah, it was all wireless then. There you go then. Because there's an issue with the way that wireless works. Mm. Or that's doesn't. A, or doesn't, well, or doesn't, yeah. 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 Yes, it's particularly poor in humid, humid conditions. It's humid and when people get incredibly sweaty. Yeah. So I was told it was really cold at Moscow because it's on an ice rink, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. But that still uh, doesn't mean to say that the environment won't be moist because it could mm-hmm. be, if there's a lot of moisture in there anyway, it still has to precipitate down onto the ice rink and you'll be burning more heat because you're cold. So you get might get more sweaty underneath all the layers. I have no idea. Nice bit of science in there. Mm-hmm. I like Pseudoscience, I suspect, but... Uh, well, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fairly certain on that one. Okay. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure they will. But I'm thinking back to when I did sports science at uni, so, yeah. Okay. I believe you. Okay. Um, so anyway, Mr. Dashford's sweaty glove is... Yeah. Taking away his or something and... Got a new glove. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dashford's needed to work him in the middle, is what I've put down, as... He had, so where Dershowitz had the control and picking up the timing against Curatoli, he just didn't have it in the fight against Apathy. It was almost like Apathy just overtook him ever so slightly and he was picking off the hits that he was getting on mm-hmm. Curatoli, the sort of the attack and the preparations. He was just much sharper in the timing. Yeah, he let him put it, overpower him. That's mm-hmm. what I put. And there was one hit, I think, nice bit of sportsmanship from Apathy. I think uh, Dershowitz went early Apathy, I think, jokingly hit him and the ref gave it because he didn't say hold. <laughs> and then Apathy went, well, no, 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 because Dershowitz. Yeah. What, what, what? Uh, I'm not sure what really happened, why he went early. He went and then I don't, I don't know. Um, so did he get the card for his full start? No, he didn't. Or, or did the referee He went on? and then oh, went, oh, okay, oh wait, I'm not going? Or I think, I'm not sure. 
what really happened. But no, it was nice to say that they went, no, no, don't give him the hit. And then the ref did take it off. Dershowitz was getting hit with the same hit three times. Oh no, Apathy was setting him up for the parry, wasn't getting it three times, mm. wasn't getting it. And that time you really want to be changing it. Yeah, he just, I think it was just, he just overpowered him, had the, just tightened up that control that Dershowitz didn't have. Mm. And I think the last hit was an if it was a weird one, but it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was obviously it was Apathy's 15 10 win on that one. I will be better. I'll, I will have clearer notes next time and I will be able to read them. I think I just got so excited that I had to pause right, pause right, because it's just... There's a, there's a knack, re-watching yeah. fights on YouTube and trying to write what, what you think about them. Yeah. I will say that keep I really like... <laughs> yeah, keep your notes short. Yeah. You, you short. You Clearer. Can. The commentary for the Women's Sabre I enjoyed. Kamali Thompson did a good job oh, of right, that. Okay. And in Seoul, she did the commentating with another woman's foilist, I think. Ex-foilist. Uh, yeah, Iris and Roman Kovac. Yeah, I enjoyed their commentary. And it was really, yeah, it was nice to have women talking about the women's fencing and Sabre yeah. talking about Sabre, which mm. is quite nice for once. I don't know if I did such a good job of that, but I gave it a go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a growing trend. I'm if I ramble on, I'm sorry. I'm glad, glad to see it. Okay, well, that was, um, I thought it was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lickia is a you know a popular winner obviously in in Moscow. Um, she's top of the world rankings again. Yeah, looking looking good. Um, a couple of questions about what you thought about two of the other Russian fencers though. Yes. Um, don't know if you got the answer, but I did ask you if you knew why Yara Gorian had been missing for so much of the season because I think this was only something like her second yeah. or third competition this year because um, it took me a while to spot it mm-hmm. but she hadn't really been at anything until a long way into the season yeah she was definitely at Tunis and obviously in Moscow but I am not sure either mm. I think some more investigation has to be done I'm not sure what it was if it was an injury or yeah I'm not I'm not quite sure about that one it's curious she didn't seem far off though in in Moscow it's like the no. when she lost to yeah. Pozniakova mm-hmm. that was a a tight one I'm not sure where she's been or yeah. what she's been up to. So, I'm, no. Curious. If anybody knows, please, please drop us a line and tell <laughs> us what's what's been going on in uh, Miss Agorian's world. Which, if you know, if you follow her on Instagram, you'd think you should know everything that she's been up to. But actually, I failed to spot that she'd not really actually been doing much fencing. Just doing a lot of posting on Instagram. <laughs> and Poshnikova. Yes. She's the reigning world champion, which I think is you know it's kind of quite yeah. quite easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I did as well. So. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And although Velikia looks the looks the star turn, Pozinkova's still pretty young. She's only what twenty two or something. Yeah, I think like she's twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I think she's a ninety six. And pretty close to well, giving Velikia a hard a hard time here was it fifteen thirteen? Fifteen thirteen. Yeah, it's not far off, and that looks like um that was the only fight that went into double figures. I think. Yeah, it's for Velikia, so. So I know we're we're not quite our previewing the world championship stage yet. It's just looking like an extended period of Russian domination between the three of them coming up. Do you think, or we still got hopes for for others to? I think the really get in the way. The French team will hopefully come back with a bit more. I don't know, fire in the belly, hmm. wanting you know after such a not great result for them, knowing what they've got before. I'm hoping something from them because I like watching them. Yeah. Um, Velikia. As well, I think she's quite a strong contender for it as well. But you've always got the odd, the wild card in it that comes out. I think with the Chinese, for me, that was a wild card. I wasn't expecting yeah. them I to come through. 
Women's Day does seem a little bit like epi in the sense that there is a wee bit more variation in terms of the results. Like foil is predictable. Sorry, you're very predictable foilers. But uh, same with seems to be a little bit more variation in who might end up on the end, you know, at the top. Uh, but like Epi, well, not quite as not quite as mental as Epi. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> as random as Epi, yeah. No, but, but a bit, there's a bit more of it, I think, in Saber than more, there is seen more opportunity for for surprise. Yeah, I don't know if Shao went through the pool stages. I need to re- look through that, but it's nice to see someone that came through the whole way rather than just because mm. sometimes you get it's just the top fencers who've missed. You know what I mean? You've yeah. missed just doing the yeah. getting I'm a bye through. Sure that, I think Shao actually was in the top sixteen before. Before Moscow. They're in the top. I think they're definitely Shao yeah, and Kiana are in the top, at least 32 in the rankings now. I think probably 16 is the rankings after this. I think I think Shao was just inside beforehand and has now moved up to 12th, 13th, something like that. So she's comfortably inside. Sounds about right. So that'll save her having to knock her pan in on a, a Friday quite so often, mm-hmm. which does make your life a lot easier. It's the way to do it. I would highly recommend it for... <laughs> Anyone <laughs> who wants to get uh, a whole load of World Cup points regularly. Yeah, I think the the big lesson for me as a fencer watching Moscow, more the so the women because I'm going to be mm-hmm. watching that was the contr- like the fencing. I think people think saber, they think oh it's fast and it's aggressive, but it's especially watching Veliki, it's that control of having you don't need to because fast means can sometimes just mean you're rushing for the mm-hmm. going for the hits and just taking that control and Shao had it as well. Of just okay, right? You're going to do this, okay? Take this, all right? And then just hitting them, and then giving them, taking it. Yeah, it's the, it's the knowing when to go fast. It's the change. It's your change of pace. Isn't it? That's what you're talking about, really. Yeah. The knowing when, not all the time. When something that was really that was something that really struck me as a kind of novice saber watcher when Olga Carlan returned after a, a shortish break after the Olympics was. Yeah how slow her preparation was. It just seemed to take forever. <laughs> this sort of super slow step. And it gave her all the time in the world to actually make a decision about what happened after that. Mm. And that was something, that, you know, as I say, somebody who'd not watched a massive amount of Sabre at that point was just a, a real eye-opener for me. Is that that's so slow. Mm-hmm. It is look that. how effective it is. I think, yeah, it's the definitely change in the tempo of it, mm-hmm. of having that explosive at the end. Yeah. Because if you're just going to rush through, especially with, they're just going to find your blade or they're just going to counterattack you. Mm-hmm. Or so take did you enjoy, enjoyed Moscow? I did. I wish I'd been there, but it was good. And I think you, one thing you don't realise is how massive these, not in massive and size-wise, but they're just absolute powerhouses. Like Carlan is, I, I literally, you wouldn't want to see in a dark alley. She's just <laughs> so built, really mm-hmm. muscular. And same with... If she could be another sport, she'd be some sort of weightlifting type thing. But with the Russians are more the sort of ballerinas, six foot type, mm. ridiculous size. Mm-hmm. And until you actually see them up close, you're like, okay, that's that's something there to does that make work you, towards. Does it make you think more about your own training as a result, you think? Yeah, especially yeah, I'm not that tall. So when I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to work on something <laughs> <You're> now. <big. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing much you can do about that part. But, yeah, uh, yeah. One of the Greek girls, she Despina. I can't remember her surname. She is a powerhouse as well, and it's that one where you can try and go for the hit, but she's just gonna go straight through it, mm-hmm. and she's just gonna doesn't matter where your sword is, she's just gonna power straight through, mm-hmm. which I think happens a few times with um, 
Shao as well. Mm. She's quite a powerhouse yeah, in comparison is, yeah. to Putsai, who's more gymnasticky, sort of explosive, right. bouncy fencer. She still slightly has the look of a, a young fencer. Oh, she is. is yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's 17, I think. Yeah, she's, I think she's only just out of juniors, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, she's no, not she even out of juniors. She's still, yeah. I think she's got at least, she's getting medals at least one at more year. Yeah, crazy. I know. It's frightening. <laughs> I, I think she got, I think it was a world championship. She got a medal every cadet, senior and juniors. She got a medlar or some sort of... That was last year, was it not? Last not- year she won... Oh, I think. Last year was cadet. She won cadets, did she not? Yeah. Last year. Did she, win- did she not win the juniors I don't as think well? she won the juniors. We talked a lot about her and I just can't remember what we said. Yeah. And then we watched her this year and she was the hot tip to win it. I didn't. didn't. And then came out so as an like, like some sort of machine in the teams as a result. Dragged her team kicking and screaming to a gold medal yeah. in the juniors. Mm. She carried them all... All of them. Right, all of you on my back. I'm just gonna chop these guys down Ooh, for you. It was a, if you want a good fight of Hungary, it was Hungary versus Japan in Saint Nick, and I can't remember what round it was, but that was that was a good one. That was that's what you're talking about with the comebacks and then hits coming out of nowhere, and that was a tense fight. Watching that mm-hmm. as well, watching that next to Olga Karlan as well, commentating. That was quite cool. She's like, oh, she's going to go for a petty post. Boom, boom. There it is. Like, oh. <laughs> All right, you know what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, damn it. I hate people like that. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. totally shows up our commentary efforts. Yeah. It's so disappointing. Right, we don't want any more of that. Yeah. <laughs> right, cool, Spencer. Let's move on. Mm. Oh, no, hang on. Am you... I going to do my homage to the Derek Russell? I yeah. said I would. Right, we're off to the pub. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Get the pipes in. I'll, I'll keep it I mean, I'm an athlete. Sorry. No. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep it as short as I can. Why does Derek Russell over win all the time? All right, I've, I've tried to boil it down to sort of three... Three things, I think. First one is that uh, she has no really weak part of her game. There's nothing that she can't do. Almost all the other women's foilers have things that they're they're very good at, but they're usually a relatively small number of things. So Eric's attack, where she bounds down the piste, looks fantastic. Her defence isn't as good. Uh, Lee Kiefer has fantastic footwork, tremendously dynamic, mm. uh, disruptive, can can surprise with a variety of things. Uh, Lisa Volpe has a, a beautifully controlled preparation, controls the distance really well in her, her attack, and has a really nice um, parry post where she flicks the shoulder, which is still comparatively rare in the women's foilists. So they, they've all got things that are very good at. Derek Lazova doesn't have one single thing which you think, you know, sort of you immediately identify as being a, a signature Derrida thing because all of it's good without being outstanding and that gives her a whole load of flexibility in yeah. what she can do and how she can influence the fight and she can change things as she goes. Second thing is her footwork. Her footwork, again, it's not eye-catching, but her control of the distance I think is better than anybody else's both in attack and defence, and that's why she she never looks panicked. There's never never a look of being rushed. Again, it has that sort of serenity that the, the very best fencers have. So even when it's actually happening quickly, it's beautifully controlled. You hardly ever actually see her off balance, mm. which almost everybody else does at some point. You know, they try and go too fast or mm-hmm. they can't get out of the way as well as they perhaps would like to. So that footwork, again, without being eye-catching, 
is super effective. And the third thing is she's really smart. We talked about Park yeah. being a great example of a fencer who uses the whole fight to to test things out and work out where the hits are going to come from, mm-hmm. what sort of a reaction you'll get. And Derlisova does the same thing in every fight. You never see any sort of panic from her about when she's a couple of hits down. It's all just taking in taking yeah. information to get here's here's the answer mm-hmm. which will take me to fifteen hits and a win. Is that so that's a that's a, a sort of real depth to a game if that's the case? It is. It's it's the complete package. Mm-hmm. None of it really makes you go, Wow, it's an individual hit or two. Mm-hmm. Something somebody go, oh, that's a really nice attack, well that's a that's a, a sharp parry repost, but nothing that's genuinely jaw-droppingly amazing, which a lot of the other fencers will do once you go, wow, look at that. So it's such a complete package that's so adaptable, attached to a really sharp tactical brain that makes her currently virtually unbeatable. I mean, she's lost two fights in individuals in eight events. As we're saying, her, her record this season has been absolutely incredible. And the only way to to beat her, it seems, is to be almost hyperactive, just gamble massively, try and mess up her fencing as much as you possibly can, Mm -hmm. try and make her miss, crush the distance as regularly as you can, throw yourself about and just, you know, make yourself as as nightmarish a fencer as as possible. Never going to be a thing of beauty, but that seems to be the way, your only chance of getting away. And it seems to me that a lot of the, the other top fencers are kind of, Super reluctant to do that. It's almost kind of undignified way to yeah. try and to try and win a fight. You know, if you're if you're, you view yourself as one of being one of the best fences in the world, that the idea of going for this clearly sort of underdog style that'll give you a chance uh, yeah. seems to be treated as almost I'm, I'm thinking almost that. below them. Yeah, I've, I've already said the word chaos, and I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You have to introduce chaos, and you have to because if her game is so deep and she's got so many tools in the box. There's no way you can be you can out elegant her. It's not going to happen. She's got another spanner. She's got another hammer. She can pull out a saw. She's got the right size screw for this hole. All that kind of stuff. So what you're going to have to do is kick her toolbox over. Kick her toolbox over and launch in a hand grenade. Exactly. And <laughs> that's it. That's, Love the that's analogy. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Derek over and uh, Lucky have the elegant fencing. We have the elegant euphemisms and uh, yeah, indeed that's what we're going for. We had to paint a picture. So we're yeah. here to, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so, uh, there, so there it is. There yeah. it's over the complete package as a, as a woman foilist. The complete not, toolbox. The complete toolbox. <laughs> that sounds. It's not got the ring to it. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's. It's not right. as poetic as you no. were being earlier. Yeah. What about what about this idea of being small as well? Because we I sort of hinted at it accidentally in the middle of our discussion. Yeah, small, quick, hyperactive, mm-hmm. chaotic. All those things are are giving you your your best chance of because all all the fences we've seen have had have had a half chance against her of being small and sort of difficult to manage. Yes, right? yeah, that seems the best bet at the moment. Uh, Anita Blaze was it last time? Is that right? Am I remembering that right? Uh, no, uh, one of the Italians, and I can never remember oh. either Mancini or Palumbo. Palumbo, it's Palumbo. I'm sure about uh, the beater. Where was it? Turin, I think it was. Yeah. Um, pretty convincingly mm-hmm. in the last eight there, and yeah, exact exactly that that type of fencers, that type of fencer, small, quick, super mobile. Don't have to be talking. Throws herself yeah. about. Yeah, got to be destructive. Throw in a hand grenade, kick over the toolbox. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's our advice, and that's that's difficult for well, Volpi and Arrigo mm-hmm. um, are taller, 
neither of them slow, but neither of them particularly quick. They don't have that kind They've of been, hyperactive style by any means. Yeah. And as a result, they're regularly coming up short against Derek Zuba at the moment. Mm. And I, Volpe, I was sure that well, we, Volpe did try and go for that more sort of staccato approach to the to our preparation to try and mm-hmm. disrupt things. That worked pretty well for her. But uh, at some point, someone's going to crack this, though. Someone's got to crack it eventually. Well, I hope so because I'm I'm tired of ending every every time we talk about a women's four events. Oh, Derek Lozova wins again. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do admire her fencing, but winning all you know one fencer winning all the times it, it does get boring after a while. I always say Fitzsally win women's foil for me. I stopped watching women's foil when Fitzsally was winning everything. So yeah. This is dull. Can't be bothered with that anymore. <laughs> and I think there is a danger of that happening if uh, yeah. if we don't get a a few other people winning every mm-hmm. now and again. Well, there we go. So, time to choose our coolest fencer on the planet. And we've got, um, well, loads of contenders, obviously. Just just looking at the, the winners between uh, Park, Faconi, Dergosova, Choi, Velikia, as I'll eventually get used to saying, and Apathy. So, um, ones that we can rule out early. Gloria Sina, Dergosova, serial winner, totally dominant women's foil. Um, uh, no, because she wins all the time. So, mm-hmm. that's... Cool in some ways, but not going to be enough to get coolest fencer on the planet. Um, you didn't seem overjoyed by having Choi win. So, Gav, normally you would be a uh, big up and pushing for a, an APS to be winner of coolest fencer on the planet. But not, but not Choi. Choi. It was a very, yeah, no, it wasn't. It was it was fine. It was efficient. Let's put it that way. <laughs> efficient, efficient, but not cool. Yep. Okay, so we're pairing them down. That's that's two gone already. Um, Fukuni's almost in danger of becoming as as boring a serial winner as uh, as Derek Lazova. Not not, I mean, not quite as much, but again, it was an an efficient win and quite an exciting final against um, against Nick Itkin. But I'd almost be tempted if I had to pick a men's foil at the moment to say that Nick Itkin taking second and his amazing comeback in the last eight would be a yeah. a, a better contender for coolest fencer on the planet than. Mm-hmm. Um, Fukuni winning mm-hmm. so let's strike Fukuni off the list as well Okay. so that leaves us well that leaves things in a terrible position from my point of view, no foilists at all mm-hmm. two two suburbs and an apiast and, and that apiast is Park and Park is a genius but is he cool? Yeah, he's amazing he is quite cool actually I would, I would give you that Yeah. So, <laughs> make, make, make the case make the case you've got two suburbs to to make a pitch for for Coolest fencer on the planet. Well, you've already heard me fangirl enough about Velikia. So I think, and then Apathy did get some pretty uh, tasty hits in his semi final, but I probably, my nomination is Velikia, 100%, for the coolest, calm, and collected fencer at the Moscow Grand Prix for me. So cool, cool at the best of times, and particularly cool when winning a, a Grand Prix on on home turf. Oh yeah, winning it with like hardly any beads of sweat on her face as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a, a gentle Sunday afternoon stroll. But, okay, yeah, do you not feel a little bit of uh, Kate? Do you not feel a little bit of uh, uh, I don't know what the word is? Maybe jealousy because she's taking her mask off, and you know, there's not a bead of sweat on her. Everything's perfectly in place. She's quite cool. Yeah. I'll- I do want to know how she does her hair because I look like some sort of gremlin after my pool. So I want to know what she does. <laughs> Maybe it's not just her fencing I need to watch as well. I need some sort of behind the scenes footage as well. 
here, 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 here tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they bring a physio, a doctor, and a hairstylist. <laughs> yes. Not nothing but the best for the Russians. Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, well, I can, I can kind of step back in this one to leave you two to, to scrap it out. So, par- Parkour Vilikia. Gav, uh, convince um, me. Well, okay. I know. I mean, Park Park's here is pretty lovely as well. Yeah, it's pretty lovely. Um, he seems like quite a nice chap as well, uh, and he is yep. currently the world sorry the Olympic champion. Uh, but uh, it's Kate's first uh, sort of spin on the pod. So why don't we uh, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just extend the hand of friendship and say, Kate, it's up to you. It'd be nice this time. I'm I'm going for I'm going for Vilikia. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> remember, this is this is a one-off. You only you only have your first uh, first stint on the podcast once, and after that, uh, gloves are off, and I'll be making my pitch for um, a men's foilist winning it again for for the next one. Unless but, unless uh, they make round, it boring, then you know, Sabers always going to win. Never, <laughs> it sorry. never ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> You've clearly not been watching enough foil. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, Valkyrie. Coolest fencer on the planet and uh, richly deserved, I would say. So just to give everyone the the point where to to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter as at Fencing Podcast. Yep. And if you want to drop us an email about either our terrible pronunciation or things that we <laughs> got wrong, please feel free to do so. Uh, we are the Fencing Podcast at gmail.com. Anything else that we need to let people know about, folks? Uh, no, I think the next. I think the next meet. The next uh, podcast we're likely to do is going to be our either our run up to the world championships or just after. Um, I think we'll probably do a, a pre one so we can make some wild predictions about mm-hmm. who's going to win. So when we get that horribly wrong, we can have a look back and go, God, what were we thinking? Yeah, and maybe, maybe try and or, squeeze in. The or it wasn't that surprising? Yeah, and try and squeeze in the Europeans as well. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get some gossip for you. <laughs> yeah, Kate, you, you've got to get the dirt. And, uh, yep, if you, I'll bring my little black book. Any, yeah, <laughs> if you don't find anything good, just make something up about people we don't like. Okay, fair enough, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's been so, mean guys, to me recently... <laughs> oh, <laughs> any particularly hard hits, that's, that's going to go and, uh, into the book and, uh, <laughs> and the, their name will be mud on the next episode of the podcast. Okay, so I think we are done. So until next time, thanks very much, everyone, and we'll we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.